Yeah, what's up, CWC? How y'all doing today? Are you good? Come on, did you come ready, expecting a word from God? Come on, if you're ready, shout, I'm ready. I'm ready. Amen. Amen. Listen to me. The reason that I have you guys say things periodically back to me throughout our time together is actually there's a point to it. See, Scripture says this, that you receive not because you ask not. In other words, closed mouths don't get fed. It also says this, that that life and death is in the power of the tongue. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. On the mouth of two or three witnesses, let it be. And so I have you guys say things so that you remain a vocal people. Amen. Amen. So that you can remain a vocal people. Listen, we've got to be vocal about our love for Jesus. We have to be vocal about our hunger for Jesus. If we don't cry out, the rocks will cry out on our behalf. We've gotta be vocal about our need for Jesus. So I keep you talking so that you keep being vocal, amen. Amen, amen. We, we must be vocal in our worship, vocal in our prayer times, vocal in his word. Come on, so we're gonna remain vocal, amen. amen. Touch your neighbor, say be vocal. Turn to your other neighbor, your second choice. Say, be vocal, even when God is silent. Even when God is is silent. Which leads us to the title of our message today. Can you survive the silence? Can you survive the silence? So look, man, we're... We're wrapping up the, the year, aren't we, man? This, the end of the year is rapidly approaching, and that means that we are rapidly wrapping up our year-long series titled The Saga of Salvation. We played the bumper for you again just to re-engage your hearts and minds, to remind you of where we're headed this year. How many of you enjoyed the series so far this year? Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. Me too. Me too. Let me ask you another question. How many of you have been here for every single message in the series? Is that many people for real? Let's not lie. Like, because I can't even raise my hand for that one. Like, (laughs) but anyway, so we're, we're going to wrap up this series over the next couple, couple weeks. And, and to be honest with you, I'm really excited about where the Lord is taking us next year. He's already laid out a path and a direction and a vision for what we're going to be doing for the first several weeks of next year. And I am really, really excited about that. However, we have to be here before we can get there. Amen. We have to be right here before we, we get there. And God has really been speaking to me lately to remain in the moment that he has me in. To remain and to receive what he has for me in the season that I find myself in. To remain where I am. Because so often, man, I find myself wishing seasons of my life away. Seriously. Lord, I really don't want to do this. And I, I don't, I don't want to go through this. So, so take me out of this. Lord, Lord, I really don't want to go through what I'm going through, so, so get me out of what I'm going through so I don't have to ever go through it again. Lord, 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 get me out of this. Too often, I think we, we wish seasons of our life away, especially when things are happening that we don't, we don't like that they're happening, right? And so I was, I was thinking about all this, right? I was thinking about it, how we wish seasons away. And I really felt like the Lord spoke to me really clearly. He said, stop wishing your season away and start praying your way through the season. Stop wishing your life away and start praying your way through life. Paul says it this way, be anxious for nothing. 
Be anxious for absolutely nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Don't be anxious about the season. Don't be, don't be fearful about anything in the season. Don't, don't be worried at all about the season you're facing. Instead, pray about every, everything in the season. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you don't wish your season away, but instead you pray your way through the season. Then the peace of God. See, we, we gotta stop wishing our, our lives away, man, and start, start praying our way through life so that the peace of God can direct us and guide us through this life so that we get the most out of every season that we are currently facing. Because how many know that God works all things? Every single thing, every season, he works it to our, to our good and his glory. But, but this is easier said than done, isn't it? This is way easier said. It sounds a whole lot better from up here speaking it than actually walking it out and living it, right? Like, sounds good, that'll preach. That'll preach. But boy, it's easier said than done when we're going through trials and tribulations, when we're, we're being tempted in every single way. And at the end of the day, we are actually going home and we are trying to pray, but it seems like God just isn't hearing anything that we say. Man, that's, that's tough. That's really tough. And we think God isn't listening because God isn't speaking. It can be really, really, really difficult to, to not wish those seasons away when we are praying, but it doesn't seem like God is, is listening. It doesn't seem like God is saying anything. It can be really, really difficult. But the reality is, here is the truth of it. These seasons exist. Silent seasons exist. So the question has to be, can you survive the silence? Can you survive the silence? You know, you have to survive the silence because Jesus says it this way. He said the only type of saving faith is faith that endures to the end. The one that perseveres to the end, even through the, the silent seasons. And, and see, this is where the Israelites are at this point in time in their life. And and the reason I say at this point in time in their life, because remember, man, we've been going through the, the life of the Israelites, the life of, of God's people over this past year. And we have been going through a majority of the major narratives throughout scripture, right? Been going through it. And we started in Gen Genesis 1-1 and, and the creation scene is what we started with. And, and last week we finished up a scene titled Exile. Touch your neighbor, say, don't get exiled. Tell them. <laughs> Don't get exiled, praise God, right? But last week we, we finished that up. And so we've been going through the, the, the Bible and we're seeing how God's people are, are living for him. We've seen their successes. We've seen their failures, right? We've seen their ups and their downs, their victories and their defeats. We've seen the seasons when they've lived for God well and the seasons where they didn't live for God at all. We've witnessed it all the way through the scripture. We've seen all these different stories and every single one of these different stories are pointing to one story. Just one. There isn't multiple. There's one story. There's one point. Every story in God's word, the good, the bad, and the ugly, is trying to reveal Jesus to his people. That's what it's trying to do. Trying to reveal Jesus to us. This, this book is made up of 66 different books. Thousands of different stories. Thousands of different characters. 
And every single story, every single character is trying to reveal one character. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, because it's all about Jesus. Every single thing is about him. And so we've went through all these different stories all year long up to this point, and we're gonna continue for the next couple weeks. And in order to get a better understanding of what it means to follow Jesus, because it's literally all about Jesus. Every single bit of it. How we can live like Jesus, how we can love like Jesus, how we can walk and talk the way Jesus walked and talked. This is what it's all about. Jesus is the very point of this life. You know why? Because there's none above him. There's no one like him. There's no one like him. He has the only name given by which you must be saved. Just him. It's in him that you live, you move, and you have your being. Not in your good job, not in your secure marriage. That ain't how you live, move, and have your being. It's in Jesus and Jesus alone. Just him. He's the only way, the only truth, the only life. There is no other way to the Father. He's it. He's it. So we have to be found in him. We have to abide in him if we want to inherit the kingdom of heaven. It's just that simple. And see, the word of God, it directs us to him. Takes us right to him. And so we've been going through it this this past year and witnessing all the different stories of God's people. Seeing all the different seasons that they had to to go through and they had to endure. And in the last season, they were exiled, right? They were exiled. They were were kicked out of their, their promise. They were removed from their promise because they didn't live for God. They stopped following and pursuing God and living by the commandments of God. And so God had to remove them from their, their promise. Showing us this, a very important, very important principle to understand. Showing us that God is serious about our pursuit in him. He is serious about us pursuing him. He, he's serious about it. Showing us this, that pursuit equals promise. Not perfection equals promise. Because if that was the case, none of us would ever walk in a promise of God. None of us. Including myself. Probably me be the last one to walk in one. Amen. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the Bible. It's God's word. It reveals that. So it's not perfection equals promise. It's pursuit. And God is serious about our pursuit of him. Very serious. The Israelites, right, they're going through a bunch of different seasons. And after the season of exile, right, God brings them back into their promise because they, they repented and started to pursue him again. So he brings them back into their, their promise. And in the season that I want to look at today is the season after the book of Malachi. The season that we don't hear anything. See, in the book of Malachi, God is speaking to his people. He's He's challenging his people. He's he's revealing something to his people. And I encourage you, man, go read this because it is an incredibly revealing and challenging book. Challenging in the fact that that God challenges us to follow his commandments, to to live according to his covenants. He's challenging his people to do this. And he's, he's revealing that his son is about to come. That's what he's revealing to the people of God in the book of, of Malachi. Right? And then it's it's crazy because. Right after he does that and he says that, after he, he challenges them to, to live for him, after he is, he's bringing about this, this challenge to pursue him because God is so serious about our pursuit with him. 
He didn't come just to hang out with us. He came to bring the heaven, the kingdom of heaven to place in us. Amen. This is what God did. Trying to reveal to us the importance. This is what Malachi is trying to do. He's trying to reveal the importance of us pursuing God, following God. And it was funny because while I was studying this, where God had us this week, I was studying it. And God began to speak to me in a very random thing with a very random story, bringing back remembrance. God speaks to me in funny ways. But he started to remind me about this time several, several weeks back where somebody, I think it was actually last year, where somebody asked me to go to a hockey game. Now, listen, I know I have hockey lovers in the house. This is not a shot at you one bit. I love you and appreciate you. I just don't love and appreciate hockey, okay? <laughs> I just don't. Well, the way I grew up, we didn't even have hockey until I was like 15 years old, and then Columbus Blue Jackets came in. So we didn't, you know, by the time you're 15, you already have your sports. You know what I mean? You can't be taught anything new at 15. So... <laughs> Praise God, because you already know everything at 15. Amen. But anyway, I was invited to this hockey game, and, and see, I, I said, no, I didn't want to go to the hockey game. I said, no, no, I don't. And, and let me be very honest. In order for me to go to a hockey game, the conditions have to be perfect, meaning I got to have nothing else to do. Nothing. <laughs> There's nothing else going on. Conditions have to be perfect. I gotta have the perfect seats. I gotta have all you can eat. It's got to be perfect in order for me to go. Do you know why? Because I'm not a follower of hockey. <laughs> I don't follow it. I know guys who do follow it, man. They know every stat of every player. Man, they can name it all, Jack. They know every rule. They know everything. I go, I'm lost. I, I have no idea what's happening. Why are they that? Be, they're like that because they are hockey followers. They, they, follow, they follow hockey, but but I'm, I'm not a follower. So, so when I was asked to go to this hockey game, I, I, said, I said, no, the conditions would have to be perfect for me to go. And as I was thinking about this, right, the Lord shifted the humor really quickly. It was like an abrupt shift. He shifted it. As I was thinking about this, the Lord said, this is how some people treat my house. This is how some people treat me. The conditions have to be perfect for me to go to church. They got to sing the songs that I like them to sing for me to go. The preacher that is preaching has got to be the preacher that I like is preaching. It's, it's about me. The, the conditions have to be perfect. It can't be raining outside. It can't be raining too hard. It, it can't be snowing. It can't be too cold. And matter of fact, it can't even be too nice because, man, I got to take advantage of the nice days. I live in central PA. I only got a few, few nice days a year. So I got to take advantage of these days. And so, so the conditions would have to be perfect for me to go to church. This is how some of us treat God. God said, people are treating me like you treat hockey. Like you treat hockey. Church, we, we have to understand the importance of following and pursuing Jesus. And what's crazy is we've actually, some of us have, have blinded our own self into thinking that it's okay. That God is okay if we treat him this way. Like, oh, if something else better comes up, God understands. If something else funner comes up, then, then God understands. In fact, no matter what God understands, he sent his son to die for us. That's what God understands. And so he's serious about our, our pursuit for him. Serious about us coming in and worshiping him together. God is not flippant about us following him at all. Matter of fact, Jesus says it this way. In order to follow me, you have to die. That's not flippant. He also says it this way. He says, 
He goes, if you don't hate your father, your mother, your, 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 your aunts, your uncles, your, your wife, your children, even your own life, you aren't worthy to follow me. You're not a follower of mine. God is serious. He is serious and he is super intense when it comes to following him. See, we've got to treat, stop treating him like I treat, treat hockey. Like, oh, it's got to be perfect for me to go because, because after all, it's, it's, about, it's about me. See, God desires our first fruits, our very best, our first portion. He desires it because he deserves it. And he's the only one worthy of it. No one else is even worthy of it but him. And as I was thinking about this, and it was a very, very sobering moment, by the way. I was laughing at first, and then boom. I was like, oh, my Lord. You're right, God. We do do this to you at times. Forgive me. But something that I failed to realize about the hockey game that God showed me. It wasn't about the hockey game. It wasn't about whether I was a hockey follower or not. It, it wasn't about whether I like hockey or not. It was about the person that invited me to the game. I failed. I missed. I missed miserably on the invitation. I was, it was all about me, so I didn't want to go watch hockey because after all, I'm not a hockey follower. I don't like hockey, Bob. So, so why would I go to, to watch hockey? I was so consumed with, with me that I failed to realize that the hockey game was about the person that invited me, which by the way, if they're watching, I'm sorry, praise the Lord, I apologize <laughs> in advance for real. I missed it. I dropped the ball, man. And I think sometimes we, we do this with church. We fail to realize what church is actually all about. Church, church isn't about the weather, what's happening outside. Church, Church isn't about what's on the to-do list to do. Church isn't about seeing buddies and friends. It's not about that. It's about him. Now, it's nice. It's a nice. It's nice. But listen, the reason I come to church is because I want to show him that I love him. That's why I come. I come to church because I want to be touched by him. That's why I come. Not because, not because the, the pastor I like or the worship leader I like. It's not, it's not about that. I don't go because it's on the to-do list. I go because I'm a follower of Jesus. That's why I go to church. And that's why I go every single week. That's why I make sure, man, that I choose him over everything else in my life. It's him yeah. above everyone. Yeah. You know, I tell people when they get married, the, the, the best way you can love your spouse is to love Jesus first. Right. I promise you that. If you don't love Jesus first, I promise you, you'll never love your husband and you'll never love your wife the way you're supposed to. I guarantee it. Right. I will guarantee it. See, I live according to his commandments. I accept the challenge because I'm a Christ follower. I follow him. So I, I go to be with, with him. And, and because I love him, I want to be around other people that love him as well. The more I love Jesus, the more I want to be around his people and with his people. Because like spirits attract like spirits. That's, that's the way it is. But God is, is, is serious. And we got we to gotta catch that revelation. We got to accept that challenge of, of man, we got to follow him. Say ouch or say Amen. 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 I said both when he said it to me. I tried to say it simultaneously. Ouch, amen. Like, <laughs> ouch, man. Yeah, yeah. Gesundheit. <clears throat> but this is what is happening. So in the book of Malachi, that's a very short, edited, condensed version. God is challenging them to pursue him. God is revealing Christ to them. All right, he's, he's trying to reveal this amazing truth of how, how Jesus has 
come to take away the sins of the world. So we have to live for him. We have to because there's no other way to live. He, he's the only one with the words of eternal life. He's it. There is no other. There is no other name. Trying to reveal to us this amazing truth of how Jesus is going to, to purify us and wash us and cleanse us as white as snow. This is what the book of Malachi is trying to reveal to us. And what's wild to me is right after that, after Malachi writes those four chapters, right after, God goes silent. God goes completely dark. For 430 years, nothing. Crickets. Man, I can't take a week without him, let alone 430 years. I wouldn't know what to do. I'm like David. Lord, without your, without your voice, if you don't speak to me, I'll be, like the, I'll be thrown down in the pit. Right? Without you, it's, it's hell. With you, it's heaven, God. But for 430 years, God doesn't say a word. Nothing. God, God TV goes, goes dark. His channel's darkened out. See, this is why it's so important to answer the question, can we survive? Can you survive the silence? Can you? Because, man, to, to be able to follow Jesus, even when we don't feel him, to be able to follow Jesus, even if we don't hear from him, that happens within this this life. See, God challenges his people in Malachi to follow his covenants, to, 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 to follow his commandments. He's, he's revealing to them that John the Baptist is coming. They don't know when he's coming, but he's coming to prepare the way for, for him. To prepare the way. Right after that, after he challenges and reveals, he goes silent. It's crickets. They don't hear anything. And the truth of the matter is this. There will be multiple seasons in our lives when God is silent. Now, whether that's our fault or he doesn't, but the reality is it, it happens. And the enemy will use those times, those seasons to lie to you and to get you to think by telling you that God is silent because God isn't listening. God is silent because God isn't moving. God is silent so God isn't working. That's why it's in those seasons that we have to be able to survive the silence. We, we have to. And in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32, this is what it says. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in the field. It is the smallest of all seeds. But when it has grown, it is the larger than all the other garden plants and becomes like a tree. It's like a seed that becomes like a tree when it's fully grown so that the birds of the air can come and make its nests in it. The kingdom of God is like a seed. It's like a, it's like a seed planted. A seed planted in a field. Now, I got an illustration for you this morning. It's not a field, but it's a flower pot. Amen. I should have built you a field up here today if I was really going to go above and beyond. But the kingdom of heaven, it's like, a, it's like a seed. And maybe you're sitting there thinking to yourself what I was thinking when God took me here. Like, what is this dude talking about? He's talking about silence. Now he's talking about seeds. What, what is, I promise we're going somewhere. Touch your neighbor, reassure them. Tell them we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. <laughs> Amen. 
I'm telling you, I thought, I was like, Lord, what, what are you, where are you, where you got me right now? But the kingdom of heaven is, it's, it's like a seed. And I got a seed in here. It's, it's like a seed. And see, when, when the seed is, is planted, I don't want to get my hands dirty. We got to get my shirt, my white shirt. You know what I'm saying? Too clean for that. So it's like a seed and it's planted, right? It's planted and we, the dirt's frozen. <laughs> Too much surviving in that. But it's, but it's like a seed. And it's funny because the seed is silent for a season. It's completely silent. You don't hear anything from the seed. You, you don't see anything from the seed. It's, it's, it's silent. And listen, you can do whatever you want, right? You can water it. You know what I mean? You could sprinkle a little bit of fertilizer. I don't have fertilizer. All the lawsuits going around with fertilizers. I thought I better. You can fertilize. You can do all the tricks of the trade that you want to do to the seed. But the seed, at the end of the day, will remain silent for a season. It will remain completely, completely silent. And this may be boring to us at times. Because obviously, listen, obviously, what we want to see is what the seed is producing, right? That's why we plant it. We plant it for, for, for what is going to come from it. We don't plant it because we want it to remain silent. We, we plant it because we want to see it in full bloom. We want to see it bear much fruit. We want to see the seed at harvest season. That's why we, we plant the seed. And we may not even like the silent season. We may not even want the silent season because we want to wish that away, right? We, we want to go straight to the good stuff. We, we, we want the good stuff. And so, but the, the bottom line is it's, it's silent for a season. And it's during the silent season that the roots grab hold of the earth. That's, that's what's happening in the silent season. It's, it's grabbing hold of the soil. It's, it's sucking up all the nutrients in the soil. It's, it's during the silent season, right, that it's, it's getting its strength to break through the shell and to break through the soil of the earth during, during this season. It's silent. It's not doing anything. It doesn't look like it's doing anything. No one even knows it's there unless you were the one that planted it. No one even knows, and it's... It's in that season, right, that the, that the seed pushes its radical down. Bet you didn't know. I'm a botanist. It's called a radical. Amen. I studied that just for this message to sound really intelligent. It pushes its radical. The radical is the, is the main root system. It, it's what gives it strength, not only when it's a seedling, but also when it becomes fully grown. This is how important the silent season is. It's when it's getting its roots dug way deep down. In. And just because we can't see it working, just because we may not even like how it's working, doesn't mean it isn't working. Doesn't mean it. The, the, the silent season is necessary for the seed. And see, the kingdom of heaven, it's, 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 like, a, it's like a seed, right? It's a, it's a seed. And it's planted in a field, the field of our hearts. The kingdom of God, it's, it's planted in our hearts. And see, the reality is this, is that the kingdom is what it's all about. Why do we come to church every week? Because of the kingdom. We, we want to grow the kingdom within us. Right? We, we want to assimilate to kingdom ways. That's why we, we, we do what we do. every day. We do outreach the way we do outreach, which, by the way, this Friday we got the outreach coming. Shameless plug. I need you to sign up. Amen. 
<laughs> we got over 100 kids coming in here to give them a Christmas, amen? So help us, help us share the love of Jesus, amen? But the reason that we do outreach, church, the reason we do it, because we want to see the kingdom of God expanded and grown through what God is doing through us, amen? Amen. This is, this is why we do everything that we do. This is why we are in his word. This is why we are on our knees. This is why we worship, because it's about the kingdom. It's for the kingdom. And it's, it's like a seed that's planted in our, our hearts. And, and just like a seed needs the silent season, so do we. Whether we like it or we don't, we, we need the silent season as well. See, it's in the seasons that we, we, we feel like we can't hear from God, that we, we feel like we can't feel anything from God, that God is actually growing our roots deep down in our faith to him during the silent seasons. The silent season shows him that we are willing to walk by faith and not by sight, which is a prerequisite, by the way, to walk by faith, not by sight. It's in the silent season that God is strengthening our root system. And who he is. Because the silent season is what causes us to have to persevere. Silent season does that. See, when the seed is in the ground, it has to persevere, right? It has to, has to break through the hard shell. It has, to, it has to fight and struggle to get nutrients. It has to fight to survive. And isn't that sort of what it's like in our Christian walk? See, it wants to make it to full bloom. It wants to produce much fruit, but, but it has to persevere first. And it's the same way when it comes to our Christian walk. Same exact thing. The kingdom of heaven is like a, it's like a seed. And if we want to be followers of Jesus, we're going to have to fight. <laughs> if we want to inherit the kingdom of God, we will have to struggle against our own flesh. We will have to, to battle against the enemy. If we want to, to bear much fruit, we have to persevere. We have to. James says it this way. He says, rejoice in trials of many kinds. For the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And allow perseverance to have its full work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Perseverance. If we want to be in full bloom, if we want to live life and life more abundantly, we'll have to persevere. And it's in the silent season that makes us persevere more than any other season. More than any other season. See, the silent season is, is when we have to say, come hell or high water. I'm coming. It's in the silent season. In plenty and in want, I'm coming. I, I, I really don't, I, I don't, God, I don't hear you right now, but I know you're there. And I'm coming for you. I'm going to eat of your flesh. I'm going to drink of your well. Because it's the well that springs up even unto eternal life within me. I'm hungry for you, Jesus. I'm hungry for you. Even if I can't hear you and even if I can't feel you. You know, I'll never forget it. A pastor friend of mine told me years ago. He said, Keith, there will be seasons when you won't hear anything from God and you won't, you won't feel anything. And, and actually, at the point, I'd only been saved maybe a couple years. And man, God was so gracious. I mean, he just showered me with who he was and filled me up and filled me up and filled me up. So I didn't even know what this dude was talking about, right? I was like, oh, you just must not be living right. Come on, somebody. Like, <laughs> maybe get on my page with me because I feel God all the time. I hear him all the time. He said, Keith, he said, you'll go through seasons where you don't hear anything. You can't feel nothing. 
And it's in those seasons that you're gonna have to lean on what God said in previous seasons to get you through your current season. See, see, it's, it's in those previous seasons, what God said during them, the, the anointing that God gave you in the previous season to get you through the present season that you don't feel anointed whatsoever. That's what you gotta do in the silent season. You gotta rely on what God had already said, what God had already done. That's why scripture says that we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, reminding ourselves that Jesus gave his life for us, that Jesus tore the veil for us, that we can go into the holy of holies. That God tossed our sin as far as the east is from the west. Never to bring it up before us again. That's a testimony. It reminds us of what God already said to us. Amen. In the seasons we can't hear from him, man. We got to rely on what we already know he said. What we already know he did. The promises he's already given. But can you survive the silence? Can you survive it? You know, I'm reminded of Acts chapter 16. And in the story, it's Paul and Silas. Okay, Paul and Silas, man, they're transforming entire regions with the gospel, by the way. Transforming entire regions. I mean, um, Asia Minor is getting set on fire for Jesus. Like, people don't know what is happening. The sick are being healed. The dead are being raised. I mean, it's mayhem. It's mayhem because these guys are radically on fire for Jesus. And then they arrive at this, this place, right? And they're preaching the gospel. Many people are getting saved there too, like everywhere else. And here comes this little slave girl. Now she had a, a demon. And the demon would give her powers to tell fortunes for people. And people would pay to get their fortune told. They would, they would pay that. And so the owners of the little girl would make a ton of money off of her. And when Paul and Silas cast the demon out, boy, the owners got upset. They were really mad. And look at what it says in Acts chapter 16. Starting in verse 19 says this. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone. When it was gone, it says they seized. They seized Paul and Silas. And they dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. The crowd joined in in attacking them. And the magistrates tore their garments off of them. Tore their clothes right off of them. And gave orders to beat them with rods. And after they had afflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison. Ordered the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, the jailer sticks them in the the, the center of the jail and puts stockades around their ankles. Paul and Silas preaching the gospel, living for Jesus, following Jesus, taking it serious. They're going after him with everything that's within them. They're doing miracle after miracle in the name of Jesus. And yet they get seized, they get dragged, they get their clothes ripped off, they get beaten with many blows, not a few blows, but after many blows, that's when they grabbed him and threw him into prison. The people wanted to kill Paul and Silas. They wanted him dead. They wanted to kill him. You know what I find to be so interesting there? Is I will guarantee you they called on the name of the Lord. I promise you. There is no way you can convince me different. If I get a hangnail, I'm calling on Jesus. Like, I'm just saying. I call on him all the time over anything. I'm on him. Come on, Jesus. I need you. Which is fine. It's fine. But you better believe they're doing the same thing. 
They're calling on God to save them, to come and intervene on behalf of them. They're calling, but God doesn't come running. They're in a silent season. God doesn't say a word. God doesn't comfort them. God don't say anything to them. They're still beaten. They're still dragged away. They're still ripped, clothes off, booty stark naked. Many blows were afflicted on them, sat in the center of a jail, jail cell. But look at what these men do. It's incredible. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing. <laughs> it's incredible to me. They're not complaining. They're not whining. They're not saying, God, where were you? Why, God? Why did this happen to me? Why didn't you show up in the moment that I needed you? Why did you not do that for me, God? No, no, no. They're not whining. They're singing. Singing and praying to God. They are persevering through the silent season. They didn't hear anything from God, but they knew God was there. And they knew he still deserved all the glory and all the honor, no matter what they were going through. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? These guys are naked. They're beaten. They're all busted up and they're saying, Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We give our lives to you. Although you slay me, I will serve you. These people are looking at him saying, what is wrong with you? You lunatics. That demon you cast out, that little girl must have jumped on you. I don't know what's happening to you. They were listening. And suddenly there was, a, there was an earthquake that shaked the very foundations of the prison. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. See, because they, they trusted God in the silent season, God showed up with a great breakthrough. Showing us this, that right after the silence will come some of the greatest breakthroughs. I promise you. Showing that if we trust God, even we're not hearing from God, even if we're not feeling anything from God, if we trust Him, even though he isn't speaking, and even though it feels like he isn't working, if we continue to trust him, God's going to show up on our behalf because he said so. Again, Romans 8, Paul says God works all things. He's always working. He's always moving. He's always pursuing you. That's why you need to pursue him. He's working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. God is always working, even when we aren't seeing that he's working. But the question is, can you survive the silent seasons? The only type of saving faith, again, is faith that endures to the end. In spite of the silence, in spite of the hardships, in spite of the trials, in spite of the, the temptations, in spite of all of it, Jesus, I want you. Come on, stand to your feet, please. Church, we, we, we have to be a vocal people. We have to be a vocal people. Singing and praying. Praising God for who God is. Not for even always what he's done for you because there's gonna be seasons where it feels like he ain't doing nothing. Just being honest. Just I'm being honest, it's what happens. I, I've been through it. So we gotta be... We gotta be a vocal people so that even when he is silent, we are still singing, we are still 
praising. We are still pursuing. We are still following the name that is above every other name. We've got to be present in every single season of our lives. Stopping to wish seasons away because the silent season, man, listen, God is, is causing our roots to go deep in our faith. Our trust in him is solidified during those silent seasons. God is always teaching and, and preaching and showing us something in our lives through every single season. And man, we've got to get serious about our pursuit of him. That it's just you, Jesus. It's, it's just you. And it's so easy to get our eyes on other things. Man, I just came out of a season where God had to, to refocus me. Son, you're looking at all this other stuff and I'm the one that saved you. I'm the one that redeemed you. I'm the one that gave you your wife and your kids. I did all of that and your eyes are on these other things. We've got to get serious. We've got to get serious. If we want to bear much fruit in our lives, we've got to persevere. We've got to practice perseverance, man. Not wishing for those seasons that cause perseverance to go away, but rather rejoice in trials of many kinds. Because I know that this testing is only making me stronger. I know this testing is only pushing me closer. That's all it's doing. I know that God is working. Even though I'm not hearing. I know he is because his word says he never leaves me nor forsakes me. And do you know what's crazy cool? And I'm going to finish with this. This is crazy cool to me. That in the book of Malachi, right? After he's silent for 430 years, God doesn't just resume talks. God shows up in person. He comes himself. He doesn't send a prophet to speak any longer. He says, I'm going to go to my people, showing us that after the seasons of silence will come the greatest breakthrough if we trust him. That's what it shows us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you that the kingdom of heaven is like a seed. God, I pray that you would stir within us. Stir it up within us, God, to understand that even during the silent season, you're treating us, you're teaching us and treating us some way, God. You're trying to show us and reveal to us things that you have in store for us of where we're headed in this life. God, I pray that we would catch that revelation. I pray that right now. I pray that right now. Jesus, we worship you. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we give you praise.